What is up, you guys, and welcome back to episode 56 of the Lombard Trucking Show. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining me again today. Uh, I have with me uh, an awesome guest. He's a gentleman who I met up in Des Moines, Iowa uh, some months ago. I don't even remember when it was, but uh, I was getting in a workout in a uh, at a Love's parking lot with the uh, Bowflex weights out, and um, this gentleman approaches me because he's uh, he, he seemed interested in what I had going on, and then we got to talking. We ended up hanging out the rest of the night. We exchanged phone numbers. We kept in contact ever since, and we've made plans to get him on the show because he's got a story worth telling, uh, but without further delay, I'm going to let him tell that story, so I want to welcome Shannon Skippy Tao. Welcome to the show, man. Glad you're here. Hey, I'm glad to be here, brother. How you doing, brother? I can't, I can't complain. It's a uh, nice weather down here in uh, Athens, Georgia. I can't, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not ready for summer yet. I've been acclimated to the cold and uh, I'm very used to it. I have all my jackets with me. I'm comfortable and I'm not ready for the heat. Oh, I, I'm kind of contrary. I love the heat, brother. And yeah. uh, I'll, I'll get, I'll get used <laughs> to it, but oh, yeah. um, so let the, uh, let's let the people know who's, who's Shannon, who's Shannon Tao. We're going to get into so – we'll, we'll figure out where Skippy came from soon. But, yeah, man, what's your story? All right, brother. Well, my story. Well, after I turned 18, I decided to enlist in the Marine Corps. And uh, I was a 2311 ammo technician and uh, did my time in the Marine Corps. Um, after that, um, ended up getting out with a medical discharge under honorable conditions. Ended up getting hurt. And it, God kind of threw me for a whirl a little bit. And – I was sitting there trying to figure out after I was out, okay, what's my next game plan? What do I got planned? And so I did some thinking and uh, I was a janitor for a little while and I was sitting there thinking like, you know, I like the peace and quiet of the road, like just working by myself and don't like being micromanaged. Just kind of like I can do the tasks on my own. And so I decided at that point, hey, I'm going to go get my CDL and become a trucker. And I decided that that grab the book, study it the whole nine. And I went to, uh, I applied for CR England uh, cause they had a trucking school and that type of thing. And I, I was kind of going in this on a limb and, you know, going on the web, searching, seeing what was there. And, um, yeah, you know, I always had heard the rumor of don't work for Swift. I kind of chuckle at that a little bit, but it, it seemed all right. And after that, I decided to um, go ahead and mark on that endeavor and uh, got my permit. I hopped on a bus from where I was living at the time in Alton, Illinois, up near St. Louis. And I took a bus all the way out to Utah. Did my trucking school up there for two weeks. And then they had me hop on a plane, fly out to California. And I spent about five weeks out there with a mentor and stuff like that, who I'm still friends with to this day. And then after that, I was pretty much just throwing the keys and figure it out yourself. And that that's how a lot of the, um, the industry has gone for me when I first started. And... After about six months of working uh, Dollar General, running reefer trailers and manually unloading my trailers and delivering to stores and stuff, I, I decided I wanted to try something new. So I embarked on doing flatbed with Paul Transportation based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And 
you know, I enjoyed flatbed. I really did. It was one of some of the best times of my life. And, um, so I decided, you know, after working there for about a year, I was like, okay, I'm going to try something new. And so I had a buddy of mine tell me about a gentleman by the name of Victor. And he was based out of Rochester, New York. I was like, all right. So I bought a rental car. I drove all the way up there, got the truck. Everything seemed dandy until about three weeks in. And uh, that, that, that was the roughest part was realizing that I wasn't getting paid or, or, or being taken advantage of and, you know, pretty much just getting starved out. And I had the mentality of fuck it. And I parked the truck back home where I was and told him to come get it. And, uh, unfortunately, um, I ended up filing a lawsuit against this individual and, uh, he skipped town. And so the IRS decided to start claiming his assets and stuff like that. Cause he left country cause he was Ukrainian. And so out of fright and fear in the back of my mind, and by this time I've already had about close to almost two years experience. I went back to Paul for a little while. They took me back and, you know, and I was still working for them and I ended up applying for JB hunt. And, uh, after that, you know, things just really didn't work out with, uh, with Paul and the home time. And so I left and I've been working at JB hunt here, new job for about a little under a month now. And I'm just loving every minute of it, not stressed, getting paid all the pluses and you know that's kind of up to speed on where i'm at and what kind of got me in the industry um and where i'm at now brother no that's awesome so where so where are you broadcasting from right now you're, you're in your truck just like me yeah. so where are you at i'm in hazlitt texas uh right across the street from the bnsf rail yard here and uh close to fort worth dallas fort worth area if y'all want a bigger name town <laughs> yeah for for the area no that's so awesome so you got your cd when so what year is it you went to see this is 2020 we're talking yeah we uh 2021 tw no actually 2020 yeah you're right 2020 i'm not gonna lie when you, when you said you were a janitor i think about being a janitor all the time because <laughs> the, the janitor in our high school he was like everyone loved him i yeah. think it's i think it's like i feel like being a high school janitor would be something I would like love to do in retirement, like go to the basketball games, cheer on all the athletes, re, you know, just be like this old, like I envision being like this old wise, you know, mentor as this janitor, you know, with this, uh, you know, story of being a driver. I don't know. That's maybe I'm dreaming a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. So, so you go to CR England, you're still friends with your mentor though. This is good. Now, when you were at CR England, I've heard a lot of guys will be with, uh, it'll be one trainer and two guys in the truck. Was it just, was, were you with a third person? I was not, but my experience with CR England, I knew about a lot of guys that were going through that and being, they were going OTR, being put in two, three people in a truck even with the mentor. But me, since I went dedicated, I did dedicated Dollar General. It was just me and a trainer. That was the best thing that could ever happen. Then my trainer happened to be a, uh, an alley dog or an alley jockey, whichever you want to call him. But uh, he was that for five years before he even got in a truck. So he kind of knew the ins and outs of backing and stuff. And that really helped me a lot starting out. I'm wondering who your mentor was. Was he, by any chance, was he Mexican? Yes. Yes, he was. His I'm name... wondering. I, I forget this guy's name. I just know that there was, I met a gentleman in Arizona 
Um, he was really nice. He, he was, I, I assume he was Mexican because like I said, I'm not a genius on which Hispanics or what, I mean, they all <laughs> seem to, they seem to still fight amongst each other between Puerto yeah. Ricans and what have you, but that, that's besides the point. But I remember meeting a guy who, when I was new, I was in Arizona. It was like my first load. He helped somebody, a CR England driver helped me back into a spot at a loves. Like he, he like got in there with me and coached me back because he, he saw me struggling. And I'm wondering if that's your guy. Now he had told me he had been with CR England for like nine years or something at that point. So I, I'm not really too sure, but you got really lucky with your training at CR England. Oh yeah. And for uh, the listeners he... an alley dog is somebody who works at like a distribution center and they basically just pull, they're pulling trailers from door to door, backing them into spaces the art. So all they do, their whole job is backing up, essentially. But yeah, uh, his name is Carlos. I forget his last name, but I still keep in contact with him to this day. He works for Frito-Lay now, running a day cab, home every night for his kids and stuff. He lives out in California. And that in itself has been a struggle for him. You know, not only the money he's making, but it's just inflation has just hit so high up there or over there. Like, like eggs, you know, he'll buy eggs by a pa uh, like a pack of 30 is like almost close to a dollar, dollar 75 an egg now. That's just how ridiculous the prices have gotten, brother. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's getting wild. I, I've, I've, I'm in a few Facebook groups and I know that I see jobs posted for uh, like driving jobs posted on the West Coast, like uh, California, Northern California and like at face value when you look at them they're like you know in their regional jobs but really mainly but you know they're hiring out of california and it's like the you know the, the money's really good up front but at the end of the day when you look at it making a hundred thousand in california ain't shit no at and least it, at least right now yeah i mean yeah it's just and you know you got a lot of people moving away i mean even from a business standpoint as a business operator yourself you know, which is going to seem better, all the regulations and stuff that have been set and to pretty much just mess over small businesses. Or are you going to stay through to go through that or are you going to leave? And that's just the reality of it. That's why, you know, here in Texas, a lot of businesses have moved here because of the, the scrutiny that's happening over in California. Also on the East Coast, from a business perspective, it, a lot of businesses are packing up and leaving. Oh, yeah, especially especially freight wise. I mean, I, I think California has a reckoning coming uh, when it comes to uh, yeah, a lot of the regulation, the rules are trying to do. I mean, just from um, just from the emissions standpoint alone, I mean, there's so many there's so many trucks that don't run there that that used to. I mean, it's, it has to do with their prices. I mean, stuff coming out. What stinks is, I mean, they have some of the busiest ports out there and they, they there's definitely a need for for trucks. But I, eventually like I said, I, I think Cal California is like a night dying in its armor. And I think they have a reckoning coming freight wise, but yeah, even East coast wise, if you're a trucking company, I mean, fuel, especially when the fuel prices went up on the East coast, uh, even places with notoriously quote, lower fuel, like the Carolinas. Um, even then, I mean, as a, as a, as a guy who's driving and just how the market's been, if you were out anywhere on the East coast, it was also pretty bad, but that's a whole economic standpoint. You, so you, yeah. do, you, you did your time at CR England. Now this, yeah, this Victor guy, let's go into this because I, I, people have no idea about this. I brought it up on the show before the Eastern European mafia, these people, there's, there's stuff in this industry that's going on and it's actually has an effect it actually has an effect on inflation. And this is what people don't get. So like when it comes to this guy is like Victor and, you, and you're going to go into it in a minute, but I just want to say this quick, like, so this, there are a lot of carriers out there 
who take advantage of the system really easily. They, they skirt the regulations. They do this stuff. And in doing that, they have very improper hiring practices and they're taking real hauling cheap freight, which drops rates down, which kills legal businesses in a sense is not doing anything for the country. And you came in contact with this guy, Victor. So a friend yeah. referred you to this guy. Now, what kind of, what kind of, now what is your friend's experience with this guy? Like, uh, actually it was actually the contrary. It was really good. He had a good time, everything else, but, um, he was a very good friend and still is. He just, anyway, um, the, what happened with Victor was my friend kind of set me up with him and I kind of met him and talked to him and stuff. And, um, from right out of the gate, when I decided to get my two weeks in at Paul, um, for the first time when I just said that, you know, I'm going to go seek other avenues, see what's out there. And, uh, um, I talked to my buddy and he's, and I met Victor first. It was through the phone. I kind of did some online research on his company. There wasn't anything out there and I was already kind of skeptical as it was. And I should have listened to my gut, but I didn't. And, um, I rented a rental car myself. I drove from Tulsa, Oklahoma, all the way to Rochester, New York on my own dime, which is kind of my screw up looking back. But yeah, that's, that's red flag number one. <laughs> yeah, that was red flag number one for me. And red flag number actually red flag number one was the fact that, that this dumbass didn't even have a website, let alone any sort of feasible way to prove who he is. Yeah, no Facebook page, no Instagram. Nothing, yeah. nothing. nothing. There's just nothing serious about it. And, you know, and, and sometimes... I'm going to go on a little tangent here for a second, but sometimes you got individuals like this that will go right out. Like I, I kind of view them as like, you ever remember the old guy, like in the eighties with like the trench coat, kind of like sitting behind a back alley. Hey, you want to buy something kid? That's kind of how this is. And they'll sit outside trucking schools and try to take prey on these younger guys who just don't know anything and then get screwed over and then get pissed off and say, well, fuck this industry. That's just the reality of it. But so I ended up, things seemed going okay, you know, going in, get up there, get my truck. Uh, my dog kind of got lost in the process, which that was already a stressful deal. But I was pulling freight, pulling freight, and, you know, like, didn't even have a fuel card. He was literally, he had us get a Chase bank account at Chase to where he could drop money into our account for fuel and stuff. And sometimes he wouldn't even pay that and expecting us to pay his um like, because the reefer that I was running, I was up in Spokane, Washington. Um, coming back, I hit um, um, the reefer was acting up and stuff. And he was acting like wanting me to pay for working on his stuff. And I'm like, no, you got to pay me. You need to have things set up for this. And and what really was kind of the, the cherry on the cake with this, this individual, um, he forced us to run outlaw. I mean against eld regulations they would purposely mess with our logs to reset our 14 hours and stuff when we didn't know it and i and i'm willing to admit this you know i drove from spokane washington all the way to up past ohio in 22 hours and i and, and unfortunately the i will not ever do that again because that was stupid and that put my license in jeopardy and you got other people out there that don't know any better that um, especially when it comes to the hours of service regulations. And I'd been trucking only about a year and six months when I went through that. Yeah. And one of the things that I really want to stress to a new guy, if, if even if there's a new guy listening, like double check yourself on whichever company you can. 
and there are ways to look up um, different companies and stuff like that. If you're on the phone with a company, just say, hey, could I get your DOT number? I want to do a little research. And so you could put in their DOT number on the FMCSA website and uh, look up, you know, the stuff like, how, is this company good about accidents? Is this company, you know, it'll go over the lists and you can usually read between the lines on that stuff. Like, well, if they're failing inspections, you can kind of read between the lines that, hey, they're not really mechanically working on their stuff. And, you know, these are tools that us driver has. And I never really found out about it till I was talking with an owner-op buddy of mine by the name of Reed. Um, he's at, He lives out of Colorado, but um, he told me about that. I'm like, man, I've been doing this two years, almost close to two and a half years now, and I didn't know anything about it. And so I'm still learning things. And, you know, this is an ever-learning industry. And especially with the incidents with Victor, I will do my damnedest to tell anybody about companies like this and stray them away. Any driver I can. I've already did yeah. it to one. No, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that about because I've never mentioned that on any of the episodes about looking that up. And so I'm really glad you bring it up now. And I, I've, I've had a couple... I upload these these podcasts to YouTube now, which I, I should have been doing from the beginning. But I've had so there there are always people interested in getting their CDL, and these videos have crossed crossed paths with them. And there's there have been guys asking me questions about getting their CDL and stuff like that. And this is an important thing because you're absolutely right that there's a lot of these. And look, I hate to, you know it might sound racial. I don't really give a fuck, but a lot of these <laughs> Eastern European guys. Uh, and some of the Indian guys, and this is this isn't conspiracy. This is fact. They're doing this in Canada. They're doing it at the ports. They they're doing are it here. Yeah, they're they're doing it in the U.S. They're doing it around Chicago. This isn't like conspiracy or, or racism, but these immigrants will take advantage of new immigrants. They'll grab the new guys and force them into indentured servitude. But not just that. They're doing it to anybody else because once you walk out of that school with a CDL, all you are to them is meat in a seat. They're not going to pay you shit. They're just going to screw you over. They're just going to get as many loads as they can out of you until you get fed up and you leave. And like that. And then your and then experience isn't worth shit. At that time, you're running a like I said, you nobody loves ELDs or the hours of service. But guess what? If you're going to ha if you have an ELD, if you it's the owner of the MC, the, like the, him, Victor, you get an hours violation, like it'll hit it as MC, but it's your CDL that's on the line. So that's the I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, guys. And I'll say that again, you can go on the FMCSA website, look up a DOT number and see uh, what's going on with that company, how many trucks they have, what they've done. This happened recently with my friend Justin at Freight Waves. There was some douchebag on uh, TikTok trying to pitch trucking. He's one of these scam artists, one of the course guys. He's selling courses on how to get into trucking. And he's, and he's preaching trucking as this like hustle. And in the video, he's got a gold money counter counting cash. And he's like, this is all legal money I make from trucking, which isn't reality. And, uh, Justin goes up and looks up his MC number. He's also got a brokerage. And this guy basically admitted on camera that he's double brokering. And he and he has all these hits on his MC that shows that he's a fraud. So I'm glad you, you brought that up with him. But you but, so you, you got out of this situation. How'd you get out? Or no, I'm sorry. What You were going to say something. Go on. No, I was saying like, but that is something that us drivers have tools to access. And, you know, they're allowed to at, look at your, when, when you apply for a trucking job, whether you've been a driver for a while or it's your first one, um, they're going to pull your driving record. Some Most companies give you drug tests nowadays and stuff like that. You know, they're allowed to pull all this information on us to look us up and see what we've done. Why not 
we do the contrary and also look them up too. You see, it's kind of like we have the tool to do that both ways. You know, if the company maintains equipment, their DOT inspections are going to be passed. You know, uh, if they're hiring good drivers, they're not going to have 247 accidents only for like, let's say 500 trucks in two years. You know, I mean, that's just, it speaks for itself and a person can use their mind to figure it out. Yeah. Just like in the civilian world, I say it because, and it's funny to call it the civilian world, but basically if you're a non-truck driver, you're, you know, you're a four-wheeler, you're a civilian, but like, it's just, if you go into a job interview for any job, like outside of trucking, you know, it's, you know, people say this a lot, but you know, they're not interviewing you. You're also interviewing the company. I mean, you could walk into that interview and it's, you know, you're expecting this company to be like this and then it ends up being something you don't want. And it's something that I think, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Drivers don't do it when it comes to looking at companies in this industry, because but for the most part, drivers are they're looking for, you know, two things, more money or more home time. Like that's really all, all that's lasered in. And they don't know they could be walking through the door of some company that's got a CSA score that's going to have them sitting at scale houses or getting. Yeah, or getting fucked with. Yeah. And, and so, and that's one of the things I can't stress enough, you know, like, um, and not only that, just talking to somebody that works for the company, you know, I mean, then, you know, just kind of do your own little background check in theory about a company. You can usually read between the lines when it comes to certain stuff. And not only that, looking at online reviews of certain companies, I mean, everybody's got a reason that why they say things, you know, some sometimes you got them guys that just are, are pissed off at the world and just want to plaster some stupid crap. But, you know, if you could usually get some genuine reviews and reason behind it and, um, you know, when it came with Victor after, you know, I was pulling freight, I, it's been three and a half weeks since I hadn't been paid. You know, I'm sitting here fucking starving literally because he put me in that much of a hole. But I said, you know what? Screw it. I parked this truck. I went and got a lawyer and I filed a lawsuit against him. And at that same time, when I filed a lawsuit against him, he skipped country. He's no longer here. But I guarantee you, you know, you get some individuals that do that shit. You're going to have a driver flip out on the fucking handle wherever it is. And unfortunately, they could bad things could happen to him. And that's just the reality of it. And yeah. drivers aren't always making the best of decisions, you know, because they're not yeah. the right, <laughs> right state they're not of mind. They're not the right mindset, no. <laughs> but so you, so Vic, so Victor's definitely not in the U.S. anymore. And so his truck. Now you said you let you drove the truck back to where you lived. Yeah, I drove it back to where I lived, and I sat on it. And you, and yeah, then, you just said it. And then who took it? What did some repo guy just come and yeah. take it? Yeah, yeah, some repo guy took it, and that was the end of that. And by that time, I was already on the phone with Paul flying back. And uh, I flew back to Tulsa and got back to my normal job I was doing. And, you know, when, when J.B. Hunt kind of landed in my lap, I had a buddy of mine by the name who I went to trucking school with, um, Gregory Stevens. He, uh, um, my best friend, and not only that, you know, like he's been working here at J.B. Hunt for um, about two years now as well. He's worked here ever since um left Sierra England. You know, he stayed at Sierra England only like five months. And uh yeah, and the thing is too, and one of these side notes I want to mention, you know, about the trucking school thing. Um you know, if you leave within a certain amount of contracted period, they will 
mind rape you when it comes to um that they it's pretty much like a student loan ha hanging over your head and um they could be upwards of six thousand dollars just out of the get gate i mean they they market up astronomically i mean maybe is that just how inflation was because back when i was looking to get my cdl um i could have went to uh white line which was a trucking school out of the state of kansas um they only wanted 1100 bucks but it was a 30-day class yeah odds are um the cr england one they definitely uh so because it, it, it's cr england school right yeah like, yeah so that yeah that's the thing they have their price tag on it and what they actually do is is they they, they put interest on it and that's yeah. why that the number amount because yeah when it came to pam with me now pam doesn't have their own school but what they do is they have contracts with schools so i went to atds in colleen texas which is where fort hood is at yep. and when I so and I only did nine months at Pam before I left and I went over to R and R. And what's crazy is yeah, the loan was for like the loan was from some like really like I've never heard of the place. It was from some some place in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Because I remember seeing it and Pam would make the minimum payment on it. The interest the interest on the loan was like sixteen like credit card type interest. It was mm -hmm. like really huge. So by the time I left, even after nine months, the loan was barely a third paid off. But I, I had saved up enough and I had because I was I was considering paying for the school myself as well. So I had the money saved up and I still owed like four four thousand on it and I just mm -hmm. paid it off immediately. But yeah, some guys, yeah, you end up yeah, you end up having to yeah, if you if you don't pay it off right away, it's still accruing interest, or if you don't get on a payment plan. And that's how these I'm glad you brought it up because this is how the CDL milling factory works, because this is how these mega carriers keep guys. They keep them for a year. And I mean shit. If you work for one of these mega carriers for a year, they have made that money back time and time again, hand over fist. Within the first month, you've already made CR England. You've already yeah. made it worth it for them to send you to school. And the real reason I left CR England was um, just it, it was lack of home time and stuff. And I requested time off and, and and dispatch really wanted to fuck with me. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. So I left. And then they put me at, cause I took pictures of my truck, my logs, the whole nine. And I was smart about doing so because when I left, they put an abandonment that like I abandoned a load on my record and I actually got, had to dispute that. And that was a process that I had to go through with, uh, um, oh crap. What the hell is it called? DAC, like DAC report and. I had to go through, you know, show them pictures, show them I wasn't under a load, all that other stuff. And they were forced CR England to change it. Yeah. Uh, You're not the first person I've heard say that, too. Like when I, I've talked to probably at least a dozen people at this point who have said, oh, yeah, man, I, they tried to hit me with I, uh, abandonment. They tried to say I abandoned the truck and they drove it to a, a dealership. Like they're like, yeah, they try to say I abandoned it, but I left it at a Peterbilt dealership that I had, you know, gotten it fixed at. Like, you know, and yeah, and they'll hit them with that. That's yeah. Yeah. That's what some of these companies try and do with me. I, uh, cause I, I ran pretty much regional and that's pretty much what I still do. I ran over the road for when I did flatbed, but I'm back to doing regional here at JB hunt. But, um, when I was running with CR England, I was doing regional dollar general there. And, uh, I, I parked the truck back at the yard exactly where I picked it up when I first day I got there. And they still marked me with it. And thankfully, I had a whole bunch of proof in that. And unfortunately, there are some drivers that don't have the tools to fight that. And with that being said, like whether it's being taking pictures, you know, the, the best acronym is this, CYA. 
you know what I mean? Cover your ass when it comes to stuff and, um, you know, be smart. You know, if you're going to quit a company, kind of just make sure the truck's at least semi-decent, take pictures, prove it's there, and then you're good. That way, if they ever hit you with an abandonment, no, no, here it is at the yard. Yeah. You know, you've got your proof. Yeah, keep the proof. Oh, yeah, always take pictures. It's like if you're going to return a rental car. Take yeah. the picture. Yeah, if you're going to or if you're going to rent a car, yeah, make sure that you got the pictures, you got all that evidence, all that stuff. Yeah, people don't know that when it comes because these companies will will do it and they'll do it even after you've left. They won't do it up front. You'll find out about it later when you like, don't, you know, when they keep when you in there and they're going to try to screw you over in the end. Now, you mentioned how you you left Sierra England, you went to Victor, you got done with that. Here's is one thing that's cool about the trucking industry that new drivers sometimes or new or not like some people think this because especially if you've worked outside you left paul to go work with victor and then after victor screwed you over you were able to go back to paul and that's one thing about this industry that is good good i say good you know uh with you know with quotes because it really depends but if you leave on good terms with a company um it like trucking companies will you like there are people who come and go as they please i remember i met a tmc guy he said he worked at tmc for five years he ended up getting his own truck tried it for two like did it for two years ended up not being his cup of tea he went back to tmc like that's the thing there's no in the civilian world you're not you're not really going to get that too often normally when you leave places will say they're, they're going to invite you back but I, it's not really the biggest reality sometimes well, it happens i'm sure there is but you were able to go back to paul yeah but i gave my two-week notice i typed up a professional paper it was kind of you know having a professional appearance I mean, and not only that, just depending always how you're holding yourself to, like, even if the company is bullshit or the job is bullshit, you know, it's still good to leave on good terms if you can. Um, I understand the simple mentality of cussing out a dispatcher and walking out. I get that, but that shit follows you. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's just the reality of it. I mean, um, but yeah, I because I gave my two weeks. You know, I had ATS up on the horn, you know, when I was dealing with Victor's stuff. And that was kind of one of those things for me. Like, I don't know if I want to try a new company yet. I know Paul. I'm going to go back to Paul. And so that was kind of a misjudgment on my part. I mean, uh, freight rates, freight's been definitely slowing down quite a bit, especially here at JB Hunt. Um, but even back then, freight was just more kind of dwindling down a little bit because it was nearing Christmas time and stuff like that. And uh yeah so the flatbed yeah winter time and flatbed is kind of a yeah it's a slower time period especially with paul it's funny mm -hmm. you say that about wanting to go to a new company though yeah it, because once you get used to a certain company you know how because what's crazy every company has their bullshit and once you learn it yeah once you once you learn it and get through it and you're able to work through it you don't want to go through that again at another company <laughs> yeah at another company because you got to go it's like yeah it's like another growing pain it's not exciting because yeah. you know that it's going to come with bullshit and it's like well, I'm already dealing with this and I know how to do it. Yeah, it's like, it's you know like, well, 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 for me, it was like, I already dealt with Victor's bullshit, which is undoubtedly the worst thing I've would, I've, I've honestly ever went through when it came to trucking was dealing with an asshole like that. And, you know, the, the coward ran off and I still got a lawsuit against him and the IRS acquired all of his assets and you know how long the government takes when it comes to getting stuff situated and and stuff like that i'm still keeping posted with my lawyer about it but it, it was just one of those things that you know uh he tried to verbal threats with me 
you know, like the threats, you know, oh, I'll get a lawyer too. When I hit him with a 50 page lawsuit, he, he booked off. Yeah, you know? no, he's not going to do anything. And you'll no. probably end up getting money back from that. That I could see the IRS giving you a chunk from what they get from his assets. But yeah, it'll take like five years for them to do <laughs> It'll take like five years for them to do it. But ev- eventually they'll fi- they'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, I went, Len, I went back to Paul. I was working there for a little while and I just got tired of the over the road mess. That, that was me um because my mindset's kind of always been you know why bother traveling all 48 i've traveled all 48 states except for two and that is florida and maine those are the only two states i haven't been flatbed and i've seen a lot of the country um but you know for from a company driver's standpoint why bother traveling all over the road when you can just travel to four or five states and make the same amount of money that was kind of my thought process behind it but every driver is different it, yeah, trucking is not a, definitely a one size fits all. That I think that that should be the career path for anybody who gets in the industry, uh, depending on where your life is. Like I said, I, yeah. I on my on, on you know the episode before this uh, with Quincy, he you know he lives in his truck. That's what he wants to do. He's got a plan because he's going to stack up X amount of money, retire by a certain age. That works for some people, but I think that the the great timeline of or just the linear timeline of a trucking career. You should, you know, get that experience going OTR for, you know, about two years. You know, you want once you get two years OTR, you can do anything you want. Two years OTR is basically the 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 industry standard right right then and there, because at that point, especially with a clean MVR, you can get any regional job and the regional jobs are where it's at out Sunday or Monday through Friday. And then from there, even if regional doesn't work out, you start to have kids. That's when you can get into the once you have that two plus years, you can get into those good locals. Like, especially if you're doing flatbed, like I know I've met so many uh, guys who move heavy equipment and they're Monday through Friday, um, you know, about, you know, 60 hours a week. Not It's not like these Coke and Pepsi home yeah. every nights where you, they run your whole 14. It gets a little bit better once you specialize and get that experience. And that's a good linear timeline. And yeah, where you're at now doing regional stuff with JB Hunt, you can't beat that. Now, you said it's slow and you, and you, and you bring something up because there's something I want to talk about with that. So you said JB Hunt's getting slow. What do you, what do you mean? So what's, what's going on on this end? Is the rail, is the railroad, is the rail yard full? Yeah. What now, what do you mean by that? Okay. So you, you know about Chinese new year and that type of stuff, right? It'll cut, it'll, everything will just shut down in China. Yeah. Well, about yeah, that was March, recent. I forget when that was February or something. Yeah. S- something like that. But you know, a lot of our exports come for, I mean, imports come from China. Well, when that, and China shuts down, you know, we don't start seeing the effects till about March. And, you know, we're getting less freight coming in during that time. And then after about April, like the second, third week of April, then it starts picking back up again. But it's just kind of a slow season. But, you know, also at the same time, J.B. Hunt is one of the, the largest, if not the largest mega carriers. And I mean, in the world, you know, J.B. Hunt has their own shipping, shipping, like ships for shipping containers. Uh, not only that, you know, they have every single job from here to Timbuktu. They've got flatbedding, they've got dry van, reefer. I mean, it's just they, JB Hunt offers a lot. And the thing about JB Hunt, what really kind of interested me in them a little bit was um, not only the fact that, you know, they have really good benefits, things like that, um, but this how my experience has been, it's been bread and butter. I'm doing intermodal, so. Basically, I'm picking up like rail shipping containers and stuff like that, taking them where they need to go and picking up an empty, going to another place, picking up a loaded one and heading back. 
I mean, it's it's just bread and butter for me. And, you know, I don't plan on trucking all my life. But, you know, I, I'm still in that stage where I'm trying to figure that out. You know, because obviously I want to own a house and things like that and maybe eventually start my own business. But that's something I'm praying on and still trying to figure out. I've got the mindset for it, but it's just, I mean, I'm 23. I've got more priorities to focus on right now. So a company driver is my best bet. But, you know, again, just the things about JB Hunt here that I like, you never hear from dispatch if you're doing your job. It's kind of one of those things. They let you do your thing. They let you leave you alone. You know, they assume you can do your job. They don't need to babysit you. And, you know, you make your money, you drops, hooks, and log everything. I mean, it's it's really simple. And, you know, uh, I, I go ahead. No, I was going to say th- this is good because, you know, we, we you know, I spent a lot of time on the show talking, you know, we, we kind of talk, uh, me and guests, you know, we always talk shit about mega carriers. They actively play into the CDL milling factory, which affects training. But we, and you and I talked about this offline over the phone. If it's mm-hmm. one thing that sets JB Hunt apart a bit is that their size has the jobs that JB like. There's people who've worked at JB Hunt who probably hate it, but mm-hmm. if you if you if you're mature and if you you the, depending on the way you want to go, JB Hunt I feel as though just from that what you're telling me, I mean they have something to offer. You know they're like, they yeah they they do. I'm not trying to talk over you. I'm sorry, brother. No, you. Um, I'm, I'm talking over you. I got. I'm, I should let you rip. <laughs> No, you're good, man. So JB Hunt, about back in like the 2000s, 2005s, they were just the worst company to work for. And, and here until about five years ago, JB Hunt went through like the shareholders and everything. They fired a lot of executives. Up, we're talking up top because a lot of problems that was being going on and how much turnover there was. And so they cleaned house, cleaned all of it out, got new people in there, and they pretty much restructured the company. And a lot of companies, even like yours, you know, your company will go through a learning process too, trying to figure stuff out once it grows. This is kind of the same way as JB Hunt. You know, they don't just hire somebody with a CDL. You actually have to have at least a year's experience to even get on here. Yeah, they've changed. They've changed the uh, requirements, right? Yeah, I think they used to have new drivers. I don't think they do that anymore. Nope, they do not. And you know, that's how a lot of companies are reshaping. Because, and you know, I'm going to talk about this on my podcast too. Um, the way, you know, they'll throw you to the wolves. I mean, a lot of trucking companies will like, here you go. Here's the keys. Don't kill anybody. That's pretty much it. Oh yeah. That was Pam, man. First load. They're like, Hey, this is going to Montebello, California. See you. Have fun. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) well, for me, you know, I, uh, I'm not perfect. I've had a few accidents. Everything's been minor. But one of my first accidents, I've, I've had three total out of my entire two and a half years of doing it. They've all been related to backing and all have been very inexpensive. But, you know, I mean, we're not all going to get it down, Pat. You know, some guys, you know, which is very rare, but some guys will go their whole record without hitting shit, which is crazy. But, no, but that yours isn't were just backing. You, you said yeah. yours were just backing. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you've never gotten any tickets you're not no. you suffer, yeah just for anybody listening like this stuff happens and you know i it's never happened to me but like tapping a trailer tapping a guardrail in a yard like it always happens to people anybody who says that they i mean i know i said i haven't had it i've 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 tapped a few like yellow poles but yeah. just like tap them and there's no damage i've never had any like any like big infractions but for guys well, out there listening like yeah people get discouraged by it you never had any major accidents like on the road no dot no no problems 
Well, I, it's funny you bring that up. You know, I'm going to go on a side tangent here about Paul for a second. This happened when I was running a dedicated fleet for out of Paul. We had a guy not even have a CDL six months on his phone while driving. Literally, he sideswipes a DOT officer's truck and admitted to him that he was on the phone. And I'm just like, well, they just want your license. They want your livelihood. They want everything. Good luck driving again, if at all. Yeah, you know, no, it's just, just yeah, you don't have to dime. But yeah, made the cop shop real easy, though. Yeah, give yourself <laughs> up. Well, and it's just funny I bring that up because, you know, you think common sense would be less common, but unfortunately, they're just. I, I remember we've had this conversation off the phone too, where like back in the day, like the 70s, 80s, even the 60s, truck driving took a long time to learn. You know, you would be out, you know, trying to learn stuff for months before you even got to drive on your own. Now it's just what, seven weeks and then you're driving? That's yeah, it. you can be, that, yeah, that's you can even less sometimes. Even less. If you go to a four week, yeah, you go to a CDL school for four weeks and essentially for you're only driving or backing for three of those weeks. And then you can go with a company. I was with a trainer with Pam for 14 days. And then, yeah, boom, I was by myself. Like, granted, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a one off. And, you know, Gord, if you're listening to this, you know, I, I technically had experience. Like, I drove big trucks in the military. I, I also got my CDL at 30, not at 18, like, they, like the government's trying to do now, you know, at 18 driving especially living on the road. I don't know if that's something you can do the, the training is definitely uh, yeah. With guys now it's, it's, it's crazy to think about. It's like, they're trying to put like rubbing alcohol on a gunshot wound. Yeah. You know, it, having 18 year olds drive, you know, inter like interstate, you know, it's always been a thing like in state, but having them drive across country and stuff. No, I mean, that's just something I'm pretty strict on because just my philosophy, you know, you got some kids that don't even get their license till they're 16, 17. I mean, I was fortunate enough to get my license at 15 and I traveled. My dad was the type. He kind of, when I first got my driver's license, he threw me the keys, pack a bag. We're going to Yellowstone and you're driving. So I learned to drive pretty quick when I was looking over the sides of mountains and stuff, but you know, and I've always learned better under pressure. I mean, especially with the Marines and stuff, but, um, even when I got my CDL, you know, three days after I got my CDL, like uh, that I got with my trainer, we're going to L.A. And I got to surpass L.A. traffic and then big rig with a 53-foot trailer on, on my third day. Yeah. No, and... tri trial by fire is a great way to learn. I just, yeah. But, yeah, with 18-year-olds doing it, especially no. new immigrants. <laughs> yeah, new immigrants, I-70 in Colorado in December. Haven't been, have the license that long. But, yeah, no, I, I like it. I love that. Yeah, that first trip you took, mine too, Montebello, Southern California. And I've yeah. never, I've been to LA. I've never driven a tractor trailer down there. That's tough. It's it's really tough. I mean, and even when I was with Paul, you know, I took a, a my flatbed. I picked up a generator out of the Bronx in New York City. Oh, dude, that's yeah. I couldn't imagine. I won't. Going <laughs> I will not ever do anything like that again because that was yeah. so much of a headache. I just don't you know, know where guys. I just don't know where guys park. I worked a bit at my last job before I got into trucking. I worked down in Hunts Point Market, in the Bronx, and like that's a huge produce, uh, you know, a huge produce place. And I'm like, where? I don't know where those trucks park. I mean, they must just ride dirty. I mean, if I'm going to be real with you, I, what I did was I parked over in Jersey, and when I started my clock that day, I don't 
and th and there's also another argument with this, but when I started my clock that day, you know, besides the tolls that were ridiculously high over there, and I'll get into that in a second, but, you know, when I crossed over the bridge and saw, um, you know, where I was going and stuff, you know, that took over just about 11 hours just to deal with all that of on-duty time. Oh, by the time I... Yeah, and even when I'm leaving, you know, it's still taking you a while because of all the cars. The streets aren't designed for the traffic of an 18-wheeler. It's all close-niched. And, I mean, I'll be honest. It's like, and maybe this is something of my philosophy and I'm thinking of, but, I mean, it really, I might go do, drive dirty if I was ever in that situation again. I am getting out of New York, and that's my ticket and my reward. But, I, I, I mean, I don't get how some of these guys do it. You know what I mean? Like with bad rate, even if you're an owner operator, like running out of New York and places like that. Yeah, they might pay going in there, but good luck finding something coming out. Yeah, it's it, actually it, decent. Super tough getting out. And yeah, those tolls I had to pay. Yeah, George Washington Bridge was fucking ninety eight dollars when I had to uh, cross it once. So yeah, because I picked up something right next to LaGuardia mm -hmm. Airport. And yeah, I ended up having to pay pay that bridge. So um but let, uh, let's, yeah, let's finish on JV Hunt. So what you said dispatch leaves you alone. Like I said, we, you know, I like to people when I like to when people highlight the good parts of their companies. So JV Hunt. So like, what's it? Yeah, what's a day in the life like? What's your week like? You said they leave you alone. What's it like running intermodal doing doing the regional gig? Oh, like, dude, it's 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 literally running for JB Hunt on an intermodal fleet is literally the bed and butter of J or the bread and butter of JB Hunt. Like it's oh, yeah, the best thing you could do. Their containers um, are on every train. If you pass a train, it's got hundreds of JB Hunt containers. Well, the one thing I'll say, like, I actually get two days off. My days off are, are Sunday, which is today and Monday. Um, I'm currently one of those drivers right now who is just racking away money, saving up, and I'm going to be buying some land and starting my own ranch eventually. That's why I'm in my truck now. But, um, you know, I start my workday Tuesday. I set like, and the thing is we do everything from our phone. And what I mean by that is JB hunt pays us a stipend to use an app that they provide for us on our phone. They pretty much pay for our phone bill, which is awesome in itself, you know, and not only that, you know, you'll get your load on there. You set your, uh, driver ready time, which is called a DRT for whatever time you're going to show up that for that first day. Um, I'm usually rolling by six. 06 i'm already i mean i'm usually get here by five but i'm always rolling and ready to go and you work throughout your week you might have you get anywhere from on a bad week 1800 miles to a really good week about 3000 yeah, so Re they, yeah they, regional's they, they, tough yeah i mean you really can keep i mean it's just and they don't force you to they're just not forced dispatch here that's another thing i like about it and, and dispatch leaves you alone and what I mean by that is they're not calling you, micromanaging you, telling you, you got to do this, you got to do that. No, you don't hear from them, which can be a good thing. Um, if you hear from them, it's kind of one of them things like, hey, you're, you're, you're screwing up pretty bad if they're calling you. Because yeah. they leave you alone. If you're running your miles, doing your thing, you know, they're not going to get on to you. About, let's say if you're feeling a little fatigued in that afternoon, you pull off and stop to take a 30-minute nap, they're not going to bitch at you. It's kind of one of them things that, you know, they're here actually for the driver. And, and the benefits that JB Hunt offers is extremely good too, like healthcare, 401k, that is really good. Um, you know, dental, vision, whole nine. But JB Hunt has the 
manpower to offer benefits like that and not cost an arm and a leg either. And another thing I'll mention is uh, what J.B. Hunt really does a lot with vets too. Like veterans, to any veteran listening out there uh, that's a driver, you know, they will give you like an extra three cents a mile just for being a veteran here. Like, it, it, I'm glad there's like some recognition for that. Um, which is kind of one of the reasons I kind of came here too. But, you know, I guess the main highlights of this is um, the trucks are pretty good too. I mean, they're freight liners. I'm in an international. I'm one of the weird ones. I'm in a coffin sleeper, so I kind of joke about that. But, um, no, I mean, just J.B. Hunt has really changed my aspect of look on the mega carrier industry. For a, I mean, it's kind of changed it a lot. Because I started out with Sierra England, CDL milling factory, bullshit company that literally didn't give a fuck about the drivers. To Paul, which was a considerably smaller one that never really got me home or anything like that. To, I mean, also working for Victor, which that was its own fucking nightmare. To now J.B. Hunt and how it's everything that fits me. Weight off my back, man. I got no. no stress at all anymore. And that's one of the things I could say, you know, it's going to take you a little while to find that niche with you in a company. I mean, every company is going to have its bullshit, but it's just which bullshit are you willing to deal with? Yeah. And, and that's, that's really it. No, I'm glad you say that because that's what, that's what people, the turnover, you know, the turnover in the industry is really high and there's, there's a lot of reasons like the parking, like the training and stuff like that. But some of the turnover definitely relies on the driver itself. Um, this industry is not like any other job. Like if you, if you have a bad experience, like, you know, there's, you can go through these bad experience after bad experience. You can go from Sierra England, you know, to, to Paul, you know, to not getting the home time you want a company. You really do need to get out. Like if you want to stay in trucking, like that's the thing. If you, if you don't want to do it, if you're here, if you're only in trucking because it was like uh, you want it, you were avoiding something else, then, then they're obviously not going to stay. But when you search, and you find that, you know, that, that like that thing, it'll take a while. And sometimes it will end like, I mean, there's guys on TikTok I see all the time, older guys too. Like there's this guy, Bear, the voice. He's got this really, you know, serious voice. He makes good videos. He's a company driver for like a company called Peterson Transport in Manson, Iowa. And he talks them up all the time. Like it takes a while to find those companies. But then other guys, they'll, you know, they'll say like Crete is another one. They're a huge oh, carrier. Yeah. yeah, Crete's with Schaefer. And I've never met a Crete driver. They're a mega carrier by any means, but they're probably, you know, and drivers are probably more or less a number, but they're off your back. You're kind of, you have a little bit more autonomy. Like that's the thing is there are companies out there, big ones who do put the autonomy on the driver. And that's really what most drivers want. Well, yeah. And another thing I'll mention too, because it really changed my aspect starting here with JB when I did, you know, it finally made me realize that, hey, not all mega carriers are bullshit you know you know some mega carriers actually try i mean but then again you know it's just because the company is so big you might get on a shitty fleet somewhere and then you might have to transfer and find a good fleet you know this fleet here last year for jb hunt had the lowest turnover in the entire company of jb hunt yeah and that's fleet and that, here that i'm on and that yeah and that says something and i think it's Companies are starting to realize, and I talked about this with Rachel Premack from Freight Waves. You know, turnover has a huge cost. Like, a, like the cost of of firing, hiring, re rehiring, people quitting, eventually catches up. And it's like so. And it seems as though JB Hunt knew, hey, like JB Hunt was probably 
okay with their turnover at one point, and then eventually they hit a wall, and then, like you said, they cleared house and they turned over. But no, that's good. You're on JB Hunt. Let's uh, let's talk. So your nickname Skippy. Let's get like you you mentioned you mentioned your podcast. So let's go. You know where where did the nickname come from? And then yeah, what what pushed you to start you know making your own content? Well, okay, so Skippy's my CB handle. I uh, I actually earned it. You know, back before I met you and when I was started at Paul, and I was still out of the Marine Corps a little bit, and I was just still fucking hammering it, lifting weights, being that guy. And I'm sitting here at the yard during training. I crack open a jar of Skippy peanut butter. I take a spoonful of it and put it in my mouth. It was the non-sugar kind, and I was just doing it for protein so my muscles wouldn't be sore. Skippy! And, yeah, so I got named after peanut butter. That was kind of the CB joke. And I, uh, ever since, I've been nicknamed Skippy. And, you know, that's in when I met you up in Des Moines, Iowa, at the Loves, where you were working out and stuff like that. You know, just not only how you held yourself as a truck driver, I've never seen that in a driver before. And that's really was like, dude, what's up with this guy? So I pick up my dog and kind of walk over there and I start talking to you and stuff. And um, and honestly, it, it motivated me because one thing was for sure was the health aspect. You know, as us drivers, we feel like we're forced to commit to the norms, forced to eat the fast food junk, forced to just that this is how it is. No, it's not. And all reality is, if you want to be healthy, you want to feel better about yourself, you know, whether it's just going for a walk for about 45 minutes to like you've always told me drinking diet soda. That's yeah, kind of what I've been doing. Go to but, diet, switch from regular to diet. It'll change your life. Like people got oh, no idea. It's the calories. Oh, we could talk about the sweeteners all day and some people get up in arms. But at the end, it's calories in versus out. And you just yeah. switch to diet, man. It, it changes the whole world. But, you know that that time when i met you and stuff it, it really i'm when we swapped numbers and kept in contact i started looking at your stuff and it, it just, and after talking with you for a long time it, it really started clicking and that kind of motivated me to be like hey what's out here for young drivers like me because i'm gonna be 24 here in a couple months but um what is out there for young guys like us that you know that first started with the trucking company that don't know you know, that feel like the whole freaking world's on their shoulder and then they're stressed and, uh, you know, they're freaking out because they don't know how to back and, and just little stuff like that to personal hobbies and stuff. That's why I kind of decided to start my podcast. I'm currently in the process of re-editing episode one. And, you know, I, I've been talking about doing this podcast for a while. Um, and it's something that I'm going to be starting to publish more episodes out. Uh, it is called The Skippy's Trucking Show. Uh, Skippy's Trucking Show. It's on Spotify. Um, and yeah, I've just started to kind of work my way into it, you know, talk about, you know, issues of the trucking industry as well, but also talking to other people in different places and just talking about different topics that a driver might think about or even just, you know, personal hobbies I like or just, you know, just something out there for the new guys because it can be overwhelming. And even to somebody in, who doesn't know anything about the, our industry, um, that's one of the things that I want to start, you know, discussing on a long-term scale, like what, you know, like different facts and stuff like that, just to kind of get that information out there in a simple format and even get it, people like how you invited me on your podcast and kind of invite other people on Ryan too, just to kind of, 
you know, we all come from different walks of life. We all have different stories on how we decided to do this. And, and, and not only that, some people that don't know what our industry is about and, yeah. and breaking that down for them and helping them understand where a pet rock could understand it as I like to kid. <laughs> no, that's, it's awesome. And it, and I think it's great that you are it, like you making content is a good thing. And it's actually, it's, it's, it's kind of needed. I watched this video the other day and a, a guy was giving a speech. I don't know if it was a Ted talk or something, but he was talking about, uh, he was basically kind of giving a speech on how it's important that, you know, if you do want to make content, um, you should make it, but not only, but even if you don't, because if you look like, what would you give, you know, uh, in like in this, it, you don't have to answer this, this is rhetorical, but like, what would you give to just see, just be able to peek into the life of, you know, one of your relatives from a hundred, 150, 200 years ago, like, so when you put this content down, like you have to think like your great, great grandchild is going to have be able to have access to this and just see the stuff on there. Like, oh, my God, that's where I get this from. This is why I act. This is why I'm oh my, I'm just like this relative. And it's like whether you're interested in it or not, because I would do anything to get the drone footage over Waterbury, Connecticut and watching, you know, John and Nick Lombard uh, start. Uh, you know, Lombard trucking back in, you know, the 1910s and 20s. Like I would do anything for that just to see what they were going through, just to see it. And so yeah. for, and, and like for your content, the stuff you're making, doesn't matter, like some people just don't think that like, oh, it's not worth it or they have imposter syndrome. Like, uh, who really cares about what I have to do? But no, like you're a, new, you're a younger guy, one, because it, put it this way, I know for, at, at, just knowing who I was at 23, I would listen to what you're saying as a new drive, like, especially if I'm interested in it, you're exactly who I want to listen to. I mean, I listened to most of the content I probably absorbed was from people younger than me when I got my CDL. Like this stuff is needed out there because like you said, the Victor stuff, nobody, I, there, I have a lot of listeners who are non-drivers, you know, up in the Northeast. They got no fucking idea about this stuff. <clears throat> and if people, if no. people heard about the Victor stuff, if people knew, like it would be front page news. We need to keep, the discussion needs to keep happening and not just from me and on this show, but other people need to be making some of their own videos, some of their like, oh, yeah, it's very and well needed. So I'm glad I'm I, glad to glad you got motivated to make your own shit. Oh, yeah. And, and not only that, just being in better health, too, man, you know, just seeing not only for myself, but just making sure other people my age are not falling trapped to the, you know, uh, getting bigger. And not only that, just being unhealthy you know, just the health aspect in itself. And, and, and really you kind of opened my eyes to that and kind of re-kicked that. Cause after the Marine Corps, I was kind of like, eh, well, why do I need to be in shape? Well, you know, in reality, the thing is we all always need to be in shape, you know, cause it can make us live longer, especially with how young, younger that, you know, once we retire and how much of a young age, we actually end up passing away doing this job. If yeah. we're unhealthy and, and, and doing the negatives. And I listened to one of your podcasts a couple of weeks back where you talked about the statistics when it came to smokers, you know, to having not having medical insurance. I can't remember uh, her name, but you had on. But I remember yeah, listening to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Candace and I had talked over a lot of the stats out there where, yeah, smoking, diabetes, all of the bad stuff in the chronic illnesses and unhealth. Like it's almost doubled to truckers what it is for regular like civilians. It's, it's and. Not and so, you know, that's what kind of motivated me. Like, you know what, you know, Mr. Lombard, you're always out, you know, with the brand Lombard trucking and always motivating people doing them TikToks, weightlifting and the whole nine and getting after it. And so we need more drivers. You know, 
like that are actually out there being in shape, being healthy, trying to motivate other drivers that just aren't there or they lack the motivation. And not only that, you know, having a little friend just out on the road and stuff. You know, I was gonna to... say, I was gonna say, bring bring in your guest, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this br- is Olaf. Yeah, this you you Mr. mentioned Olaf. the dog earlier. I, I was gonna say yeah. you definitely got to show the people. Yeah, this is my toy poodle. You know, he uh, he. This is as big as he gets, and you know, it, and, and it's good to have companies that let you allow to have pets or or dogs or just any form of pet really within reason. But you know, some companies don't offer it. But you know, he is um he's my bread and butter too you know he he really helps but and especially with the mental toll that some of us can have as drivers you know when we're sitting in that truck all alone miles and miles away from family it can really screw with your head a little bit now so people don't know that emotional cost like i've had so many people message me uh you know or you know a couple it's especially a gentleman recently i mean he's you know he mentioned seeing my stuff on instagram he's like dude i want to ride with you and stuff like that and Sometimes I feel like maybe I'm glamming it up a little bit uh, where I'm, I'm maybe I'm making it look too easy. But you, you bring up a good point about the about the health and wellness, because it trickles down into mental health. But even uh, when, when it does come to the physical fitness part, like if it's it is very important, you know, the people retire at 64 truckers average, you know, life expectancy 61. And the if it was if these companies cared about the health and wellness of drivers then they would care then that you would see it out there over the road but it's not there and so that's why me as a business me as a company i'm gonna make it important but i also like that you brought like with the with the mental health thing because it's something that i'm just like with the physical health stuff people you, you can only you can only you know the whole you can only lead a camel to water or what have you like people can see what i'm doing the fitness wise but if they're not in the right headspace to do that stuff they're not going to and yeah, and having having something like Olaf along with you is gonna yeah. help. Be, like, there's things that you need to do as like because a lot of drivers, there's you need to do stuff for your mental state when you're over the road if you're gonna do this job, or you or it will eat you alive. Well, not only that, like the thing with me having Olaf, it gives me something to do as an excuse to get up and go walk and go do something. It keeps you active, you yeah. know. If I ever stop at a truck stop with an empty open field, I'll take him for a run and we'll go run for a little bit. You know, he's got that pent up energy and he needs to work out same as me. So I'm out there running with him and yeah, that's, making sure that's the he, main thing. And, and, and the thing is, is, you know, you, um, you know, whether it's running with uh, just the basic exercise and stuff, I want to get that message out there as well. Same as you do about physical fitness in this industry, man. And, you know, there are a lot of other drivers like you and me right now out there that, you know, thinking there needs to be a change. You know, there needs to be a a good change to where drivers aren't as stressed anymore because this is a very stressful occupation like we've talked about. And uh, to having better, healthier options to whether it's having home cooked meals, you know, we need to bring a lot of that stuff back. But the only reason we haven't is a lot of these truck stops have put in a a fucking mcdonald's and, and and just or like a hardy's or something like that or even at the ta's some of them will do like uh the iron skillet but really that some of that food don't even taste that good man like that ain't yeah. home cooking that's just getting it out of a box like yeah. we're, we're, we're talking authentic food like go to into i don't know if you've ever been to hood's truck stop up in uh up north of uh joplin missouri up off of 61 or oh yeah 61 up off of 44 
that's a home cooking truck stop. Mm-hmm. And, and so you get like fried okra, they hand bread their chicken. The place is phenomenal. So if any drivers listen to this right now, it's up off of exit 61. It's called Hood's Truck Stop, right north in between Joplin and Springfield. Joplin and Springfield. I was going to say, I know exactly where Hood's is at. Oasis yeah. Travel Plaza is another favorite of mine. They got a good diner too, uh, 44. Yeah, those but, yeah those local ones. Hood's is like a local one. But yeah, and not only that, they're a Christian-run truck stop too. But the, the thing I can talk about is this. We need to start, us drivers need to start supporting those little guys or finding and letting other drivers know about it. That way, you know, the bigger guys can see what's going on. But the only reason the bigger guys keep, like, like charging $27 for a fucking shower at some truck stops because it's price gouging, that they take advantage of that. And, and really, a lot of these companies, whether it's the trucking companies or just, you know, loves and stuff in general, you got people that work for them that have a good mindset. But unfortunately, the ultra mind of greed has kind of corrupted that in a little bit as much as it could. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like charging 27 bucks a shower back like hell i'd be fine paying with 10 bucks just water yeah the, the shower's already paid for yeah i could never even if i worked at a pilot or a loves or something if a driver ever like came up and was like can i pay for a shower i would just give it to him for free i mean, I mean pilot, yeah. yeah pilot's got the money but you're, you're absolutely right if anything's gonna if anything's gonna change in this industry it's gonna it's it's got to come back to the drivers like the the unity is only gonna come by continuing to talk about it and leading by example, like leading by example is the biggest thing, you know, is getting out there, making the content, putting it out there, making it like the only way to do it is lead by it, lead by example. And, and you know, and showing what you're eating. Yeah. Showing what you're eating. Yeah. Bucking this. That's the only way to do it is to do the work. You have to do the work if we want any sort of change. Oh, hell yeah, man. And not only that, another thing I like to talk about is, uh, you know, driver finances and stuff too. You know, some drivers have trouble managing their own money and and, and stuff like that. I'm also going to end up doing an episode on that on my. I'd podcast say that's a, a silent killer. I'd call the financial aspect. Not only obviously is the food and the sitting all the time, the non-activity and all the other. I'd say the silent killer for a lot of guys is the financial uh, aspect. That is the aspect of thing is a lot of guys aren't good with money. No, they're not, and they think once it hits their bank account, they can blow it or or, or like fuck even like how much money eating out will cost you versus going and shopping at Walmart and getting some food and stuff. It's going to save you more money in the long run. A lot of drivers don't realize that, you know, you could easily spend 400 to $600 a week, just eating out easy. Yeah. It could be, ha- yeah, that could be, especially if you're a new driver. I mean, that's, that's kind of half your weekly check right there, you know, just yeah. from eat, eat, yeah, eating food like that. Because the, what people don't know is truck stops are kind of like airports a little bit where like, you know, the price, even the price of shampoo, like a bot, a smaller, an average bottle of head and shoulders is like $10. It's three ninety nine dollars at a fucking, uh, at a store. Like they, yeah, it's like airport prices for yeah. even food. It's wild. Yeah. Like even like just sucking down soda pop. Like I've seen some soda pops, like they'll have two 12 ounce bottles for five ninety nine. Like that's not a deal when you can go buy a 12 pack of it at Walmart for four or five, yeah. but it's just. You know, some drivers, you know, if they're over the road, you know, um, they they take a risk at parking in a Walmart. I saw I read an article on this down in Georgia. You know, they parked at a Walmart, went inside to shop and then they got fucking towed. Yeah, you know, guys, just, guys get booted and towed all like that a lot. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's just you got to be smart and accordingly when you make your decisions, whether it's, you know, stop in a big city like a uh, like. Houston, for example, like there's a Love's truck stop I'd always stop at in Pasadena. 
Um, I'd get out, you know, park up for a little bit. I'll go pay for an Uber, go to the store, come back. That's what I would do. But, you know, you just it's making sure you can hit those high profile areas where you're going to have Uber and stuff like that to go shopping and, and the time to do it, you know, because it's really going to save a lot of money in the long run do, yeah. doing that. And, and not only that, just making sure you're a good steward with your money, you know, being frugal. And, and some people have struggle with that. And, you know, and I agree with your statement, you know, finances being the killer. Like I heard a, a JB Hunt driver um earlier who was like i mean i'm always broke but you know i was hearing a couple like hearing a couple guys say well how many miles you're running about a thousand a week i'm like dude you know i kind of rolled my eyes a little bit i'm like dude you are given the tools to run you are a driver you are not going to make anything unless you drive yeah you got to work <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, it, work life balance is great and stuff like that but like you know you like i said you got weekends sunday and monday off that's a, that's a solid schedule yeah, yeah saturday's your friday but guess what mm-hmm. you're you got to work those days like yeah if, you, if you're gonna drive if you're gonna be a driver you gotta like you gotta drive you gotta work that's with anybody yeah you shouldn't break you know you shouldn't have to bust break your back and work more than fucking 60 70 hours a week but you also if you're driving a thousand miles a week man that's it yeah <laughs> He's, like, got not, is, he's got nothing to complain about. <laughs> well, not only that, how many truck stops are you stopping at on your way to your runs? You know, it's yeah. stuff like that. For, you know, for, I, I would say on a good solid week for a regional guy here, you're going to average about 22 to 2,500 miles. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, that, that, and that's pretty solid. And that's pretty average across the board. I mean, we're, we're, we're governed at 65, but like you, you're in an ungoverned truck, but you keep it at 68. Yeah. And, I don't really, and so no point. Go ahead. Yeah. There's yeah no, no, I'm saying there's no point going that fast. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, you can obviously calculate the mileage in your head, knowing how far you're going to get, stuff like that, managing your clock. And, and one of the things I want to mention real quick is uh, our driver clock. If I, guess, if I guess I had to complain about anything as a driver, I, I would say, you know, because anybody that, that doesn't know about the ELD or anything like that that's listening, you know, we go off based of a 11-hour drive time, a 14-hour work day, and uh, a 70-hour work week. You know, that's what we can drive. We can drive eight hours before we take a break out of those 11. And I've heard the argument with this a lot, and I've talked with Mr. Michael about this uh, quite a bit, um, is extending our 14-hour clock out to 18 hours has kind of been, you know, something I've really thought about. You know, it would help drivers not be in a rush, still being in under their 11 hours. But, you know, um, extending your 14-hour workday to 18 just to help if you're at a shipper or get held up or something like that. But that's, I guess that's the only negative I would say at this point in time in, in, where I'm at in the industry as a company guy. And, and not only that, like um, just some of the companies out there that just look for a meat hacker to fill the seat, you know, we're, we're, we're people the same as you, if you think about it. And, and I feel like some companies just, a majority of companies look at dollars dollars and pennies no like they do just... yeah they they do they, these companies definitely look at drivers they want drivers to be they want the robots really bad they want them but guess what they're not here yet they're not coming for a while and until then you know they should you know the drivers should be treated as such you know human beings but yeah, yeah. i i like that th- i like that thought though on the eld i think extending that for the 14 hour being able to either stop the 14 hour clock or extending it 
wouldn't w- wouldn't be a bad idea for guys is just because of some of the because like there could be times where you're at a shipper for four or five hours you know that shouldn't dig into your work day because it affects your paycheck like at well, the end, not like, only that oh sorry brother no i'm just saying it's just it, when it affects you when when things outside of your control are 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 now affecting your paycheck that's a problem like you should like that guy who drives a thousand miles a week he can control every bit of that. He's broke yeah. for a reason. But if you're continuously going, and this is especially true on the owner-operator side and, and company driver side, if you're spending X amount of time at shippers and receivers and it's going into your pay, because I've missed out on loads because I was sh- sitting at receivers when I could have gotten a really good reload 100 miles away, but I couldn't make that pickup time because I was stuck at a receiver. When that's happening, there's a fucking problem. Yeah, for sure. And, and but you know, JB Hunt has different measures for that. Like, let's say if I go up to a, a shipper and I show up there to get something live loaded, um, if I'm there over an hour, I get paid twenty seven bucks an hour detention just to sit there, which the hourly rate goes. And that's why, you know, usually we get in and out quicker because companies don't like paying that detention. Yeah, and JB Hunt's that, probably got contracts with some of those customers too, where, where J, like J, because I think Coke and Pepsi have that, or Dr Pepper. I went to a Dr Pepper place, where like yeah, they have they basically have priority wherever they go because if they're at a place longer than X amount of time, they bill and invoice the the receiver of where they're at. This is what I that's what I've been told. What I've heard. Yeah, well, and so you know, usually I'm not sitting, but I've I've also sat before. Not with JB, but like with Paul, when I wasn't, when I'm working with them, I never got paid detention at all, which is honestly criminal. But um, I sat for five and a half hours just to get unloaded. And that's flatbed. And, you know, for for all you flatbedders out there that, you know, or non-flatbedders, that's not normal. (laughs) Yeah, flatbed, yeah, in and out. You whip, yeah, you whip in, take off your straps, 30 minutes, you're unloaded and out the fucking door. Like, that's how flatbed is. It's up to you, know? you how fast you're out of there when you're doing flatbed. Like you can be out of there. Yeah. It all depends on how one you use you to secure and unsecure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and not only that, like, you know, that that's why I do think, you know, um, extending that 18 hours is not only going to be beneficial for safety reasons, because the driver isn't going to feel, oh, shit, I'm stressed. I got to run. I got to run. I got to run to make it to a parking spot. That way they've still got time to go find parking. And that's another thing you and I have talked about is lack of parking, man. You know, they, they, a lot of people scream and it's like, oh, there's a truck driver shortage. Honestly, there, I mean, the big mega carrier has to deal with that too, with the revolving door. But um, the lack of parking issue is honestly one of the more bigger issues because, you know, back in the day, you used to be able to pull in any truck stop and not have to stress about finding parking. Now, it's more like a shift thing now. And what I mean by that is it's either you got morning and day shift or you've got night shift and graveyard. Like that's when you're going to be able to find parking is in between those two half times of whether it's early morning or early evening. Yeah. Like you're you're going to, you'll be able to find, yeah, you can find spots the best between three and 5 PM. And like, and in some places, like, I mean, I know spots where it's like, don't even bother if it's five o'clock, don't bother because of how, of how full it gets and where you at. Or yeah, and I talked about this with Quincy in the last episode. Yeah, you've got you've essentially have to drive nights and be having to shut down between like six and eight a.m. or six and nine p uh, a.m. 
Yeah, because unfortunately, just the lack of parking that's out there. And another thing I like to mention too, you know, and the thing that really irks me about Pilot, and I'm also looking at TA on this one too, is charging trucks for truck parking. You know, a lot of us will go in, we'll buy a meal, we'll go shower, we'll go relax, and yet they're wanting to charge $27 a night for a space. Yeah, I'll never understand it. Well, it's 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 just another way for get money out of the driver. And, you know, like I said, and I've talked about, you know, uh, the, the quiet killer of the finances, man. You know, and, and I mean, let's say if you're ending up going to high spot places like Atlanta or, you know, you're you're out in Salt Lake City, Utah, and you have to pay for parking, them spots are almost double because yeah, it's a big city. And, that's the worst part, where you need the parking the most, because that's the thing. The urban areas is where it's needed the most, because anywhere on 70 between fucking Columbus and St. Louis, I don't, yeah. it's easy to find parking, super oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah, in the in the urban area, in the more urban areas, like, like Kansas even, City or like you know uh, Denver. Yeah, where you need it, where the guys need to actually go, because that's the thing, because they're be ridden to this clock with the fourteen hour clock, so it's not like they can just go far out because they only have an hour left, and you know they, they don't have time to go sixty five miles out. So where they need the parking is where they make it more expensive. But the thing is, it's like if you like. And people will be like, well, there's a high demand, so why wouldn't they charge for it? But there's also a high demand for those trucks to be there. So if you were going to consume, if you want all these trucks to come to your city, you shouldn't be forcing them to pay more money for what you're demanding them to be there in the first place. I could argue the same crap about the East Coast when it comes to tolls. You know, if you really want freight, you might want to stop charging drivers $150 just to enter your state. Yeah, Last time well, I checked, that was criminal. Yeah, the I truck really isn't. Think it was, but yeah, the truck's not on the road. Like a tractor trailer's <laughs> not crossing, and I get it. It's because of wear and tear, or whatever the fuck mm -hmm. excuse they want to want to give. But a, a tractor trailer crossing a bridge, it's not doing it for pleasure. Like it's not crossing. It's not going to into Rhode Island, or it's not going into New York or on Long Island for pleasure. It's going there because there's a somebody, the community has demanded whatever the tr the trucks are hauling to that yeah. area, whether it be food or equipment, whatever it is. It's, it's not, yeah, these trucks aren't on the road for fun. You know, they they want trucks out there. There's a trucks out there because they're bringing stuff that people want slash need. And I'm going to go off on a little joke here for a second, but any driver that's listening, would you really do this job for free? Come on. Let's be real with ourselves here. <laughs> like, yeah. we're, we're all out here to make a paycheck. And we're, you know, be paid for good for our experiences and stuff like that. If you aren't getting paid, like my experience with Victor... <laughs> I fuck off. That's just, that was just me. But at, at that time, you know, like we all do this for money. You know, some of us have kids at home. Thankfully I don't have any kids yet. Um, but I, I'm just that 23 year old who's stashing money under the mattress figuratively. And, you know, I, I'm saving up to buy my house and, you know, I might eventually I've, I've considered, you know, you know, after that, after I get my house situated, you know, getting a truck and, and maybe doing my own regional thing, but I, I mean that's just something I'm not, you know, ready to make a decision for myself. And it's gonna take me a few years before I figure that out. And, and that's the thing in any new driver listening, you ain't gonna figure this crap out in a year. You ain't gonna figure it out in two years. You know, it might take you about five years just to figure out to call yourself somewhat of a driver. But it's not gonna happen overnight. You know, no, we drive, no. we drive forward in miles and back in feet. You know, that's why I'm so privy that the most common accidents are backing accidents about 80 percent of them yeah i like that um 
I like that. That I like that line. Yeah, we, we're dry. You know, we move forward in miles, but only backing up and backing up in feet. And that's kind of how you have to view your time in this industry. You have to keep. You know, you have to focus. You know, focusing on going forward is uh, is an important thing because a lot of people they run. Yeah, this industry. Uh, people are very quick to rush to failure when it comes to getting their own truck or wherever they want to go. They want to rush to failure. And it's like, there's a reason, and you're right. There's a reason we back up in feet and why we don't back up for miles. You know, and it has to do with rush, rushing to, you know, backing up is what takes the most time, what takes the most like focus, but it's also where the most accidents happen are within backing because guys are rushing to failure in the, in those instances, you can easily drive forward and it's good and it's easy. But once you go backwards, people are rushing to failure shortest distance. That's good. Oh, and not only that, man, like, you know, just not when you mean rushing to failure as an owner operator standpoint. Now I'm just going to talk as a license as a whole, you get these guys that are just in a bat shit out of hell, getting ready in a rush. And then they wonder why they back into a parked truck. You know, they're feeling rushed. They're feeling stressed, you know, and this can be a stressful occupation sometimes. You yeah. know, the, 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 the time when you hurry and is when you fuck up and get something hurt or somebody hurt or even yourself hurt. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast, fast is efficient. So yeah. when you're taking your time, when you're being slow and it's being efficient, you've got nothing to worry about. You know, just remember, and I can't stress this a lot to the younger drivers out there, just take your time. Don't kill somebody or yourself over this freight, especially doing flatbed. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. Freight's not going anywhere. Yeah, you got nothing but time. But anyway, oh, speak, yeah. speaking of time, yeah, we've been we've been ripping for an hour and twenty minutes at this point. I've got to I got to rack out. I gotta I gotta get back on the grind tomorrow. But but before before we sign off, yeah, let the let the people know where they can find you. If you're on social media, that, you know, pimp the podcast again. Yeah, where where are you available to be followed? Uh, I'm actually working on creating a TikTok and stuff like that. I'll get back with you on that, and hopefully we can do another episode sometime. But Right now, I'm on Spotify. Uh, it's called uh, Skippy's Trucking Show. Um, it has a bright orange logo. Um, that's where I'm at. I do podcasts. I plan on publishing out a couple more and, and going more in-depth with the Victor stuff. And I plan on talking about and having guests on that you know worked with CR England and the Mega Carrier Menace, as I like to joke. But you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm going to be on Spotify um and yeah i'll be pumping stuff out if you want to give me a listen feel free to awesome are you, you on instagram uh i don't have an instagram yet but i'm working on that one too i, oh, okay. I will get all that stuff together i'm just it takes time <laughs> perfect perfect no well i uh, thanks again for coming on the show man this, this was really good because uh like, like i mentioned at the beginning of the year i want to talk to I'm, I'm trying to talk to as many drivers as possible to keep the conversation going about training about the truck parking issue but also i want to talk to new drivers as well because a lot of this industry is new guys and i i wouldn't be and like and you and i have essentially kind of started around the same time and neither of us are where we are but by ourselves it all came from information from others helping others and i'm trying to keep that conversation going so you coming on and sharing this information is valuable i know for a fact um there's gonna at least be one person Who's going to hear your story and they're going to know, okay, that's another thing about CR England that I'm glad I didn't go to because that's, or, or, oh my God, I got, there, I guarantee there could be somebody listening right now who's gotten a DM from some Eastern European dude 
and they're probably like, holy shit, I don't want to deal with this. So they, it's, it, I'm glad to have you come on and share this and share your experiences. I'm glad for you to have me on. I'm going to say one more thing. Yeah, let it podcast. rip. Um, do not think that they can hold all these companies can hold you over the barrel like a shotgun with old yeller and what i mean by that is they cannot do anything to your cdl they cannot do anything to you but the only thing they can do is put a loan on your credit because if you're feeling stressed and you want to quit you can still get a job it's gonna be a little bit more difficult but you can still get a job do not feel like these mega carrier companies are going to trap you yeah they can't they can't take away your license they can't do anything yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Definitely do not, as a, you know, as a truck driver, take, yeah, t- they don't, here's, here's what these companies want. They want guys to not take pride in who they are and what they are. Uh, they, they're, they're counting on you to think of them. And I, and I tell, and that's advice to give to any driver, your driver manager, even though the manager's in the word or they're like nobody at that company who's dispatching or anything, they're not your boss or anything like that. Yeah, they're monitoring your time. And, and hey, if you're slacking, then that's on you. But at the end of the day, with how they talk to you or how they treat you, they're not your fucking boss. They're doing, they're nothing without the driver. So yeah, Shannon is absolutely right when he says it. Don't let these mega carriers or don't let any company act as though that they, like you owe them shit because you don't. Because you're the, yeah. you're making, yeah, you're making them money. Well said, well put, man. Yeah, and that's just the one thing. If anybody takes anything away from this podcast right now, and that's that last part, do not let a company hold you over the barrel. You are worth more than that as a driver, whoever's listening to this podcast, because I know because you're listening to this show. <laughs> you, you, I mean, just you have value. So, and, and I'm going to continue posting this stuff on my podcast too. And, you know, one of these days I have to get you on mine for a, yeah. just a little tidbit. We'll I think do, it'll yeah, be fun. We'll- We'll do a little switcheroo. I, I'll, I'll definitely come on and talk. And yeah, I'm glad that's a that's a really great place to end it. Is yeah, any any drivers, anybody considering, just know your value, man, because you're you're worth it. Be you. And uh, if, if uh, I want to want to just thank everyone once again for listening, Shannon, want to thank you for coming on the show. You know where to find him. Check him out on Spotify, Skippy's Trucking Show. You know where to find me anywhere on social media at Lombard Trucking, and. Uh, as always, my phone lines are open. If you guys ever want to talk, I'll be here. God bless. Later.